Reading from John 14. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I hope I'm wired in. Am I wired in? Good. Thank you. Creating presence. Have you ever had the experience of sensing presence in somebody? Maybe it's in their listening, in their eyes, in their being there for you, or a sense of something indwelling within them. A strange question, perhaps. Have you ever experienced the indwelling presence within you? Yes, an indwelling presence that is not just your day-to-day personality. Have you sat alone and felt warmed and comforted by your own presence? as if you're standing beside the smaller everyday you and seeing your true magnificence. I would like to share some words that I found in a book at Nicholas's and Heather's house. I wish I could show you, when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light in your own being. We all have an inborn and indwelling presence. But it gets overlaid and forgotten and not recognized by what I call the A to B line of my life. I'm going to draw this line. I'm drawing a huge, long line. It starts for me in 1955. I'm going to call that A. Gordon born. A few weeks later, cries a lot. Walks goes to school, becomes a difficult child, 1960, fairly miserable, Um, went to art college against his parents' permission, Um, had a fun time, was wild for a bit, went to theological college, got more sensible, uh, met the Enneagram in 1983, that's about over there, and I sell on for a while, and I work in the National Health Service, have a few health issues, get happier, All these things are happening. They're the everyday bit of my life. The Gordon Melvin, the statistic that was born at such and such a time, and I hope lives to, well, 2050. I I won't, but, you know, there's a a little time at the end where I'm going to snuff it. And it's getting close, in fact. But the thing is, I don't know, and it will happen. It can happen in in any way. And at that time... Gradually, I will be forgotten. There'll be a funeral. There might be a few people left that know me. And they'll say some things. And then I'm going going underground. I'd rather rot for a long time. 
Um, and so my temple, my temple remains will go slowly. And then there'll be statistics, probably digital, which I wouldn't like, and some records and some memories, and then I'll be gone. So who cares? Well, that's, that's the A to B line. And our membership of the A to B line, which we think is us in our life, expires at the time of death. And I suspect little of that line is of use or taken with us. But whatever happened in the A to B of your life is etched in what you do take with you, your soul. Now we wait and see. We don't know, we don't know yet. We have ideas. The horizontal line is like our hands stretched out in the sea of our temporal life. We have peak experiences during our life. Things like love and childbirth, nature, the arts, inspired thinking and feelings, moments of intuition and insight, moments of understanding. And they point to something beyond the A to B line of Gordon Melvin's life and your life. And then there is this second line, which is often called the vertical ascent, what I personally call the line of grace. So I have my regular, ordinary Gordon Melvin sailing along to his destination of death, and I have this other line that is forever present and intersecting my ordinary life. And that's the line that readily makes grace available. The problem is I'm not available because I'm asleep. I'm not present. So grace is trying to come through moment by moment. It's coming through me now because I was a little bit nervous before I I came up here. And I'm just trusting that I'm being fed and guided and directed by this connection to something that's so much bigger than the ordinary little Gordon on the A to B line. And there's nothing wrong with the Gordon on the A to B line. It's great. But it's that connection, that junction, with there's something other that waits for us and informs us and transforms us if we'd only let it. So there's the second line that we need to be familiar with. It intersects the other line and forms a kind of cross. We need to become aware of the junction or meeting place of these two lines, the horizontal and the vertical. The horizontal represents the human story and condition. It preoccupies us. It always comes first. It's our first concern, me. It's about surviving in the world and even thriving in the world. Being somebody and trying to convince ourselves that that somebody is who we are. When we go about developing, then we go about developing an ego. Why? Well, we need to have an ego. We need to have a strong ego in order to defend our little self. And we mostly settle for this version of ourself, our personality, as our true self. But all the while, something bigger is trying to break in through. So the junction between the horizontal A to B line and the vertical ascent is the alchemic place or marriage between seemingly two different worlds. 
seemingly. One our lower animal nature and bless that nature. The other our ascent into the eternal and divine nature, our destination. In this life, the two lines are totally co-dependent. The vertical ascent represents our spiritual nature and destination, and it needs the A to B line of our developed personality and grounded life in order to bridge the two aspects of the nature of our nature. The temporal A to B personality line of the horizontal needs the food and healing and wisdom of the vertical ascent in order to fully realize our true nature on earth. In truth, we need both lines to inform us moment by moment, second by second. The more daily experiences that we have of this line of grace, the more we connect with our true nature in the A to B line of our ordinary life. In other words, we manifest something of above in their ordinary life. We don't need to talk about it. We can. We can just be it. And that's coming back to presence. I sit next to you and I feel fed by your warmth. You've done nothing. You don't even know you're doing it. It's just that I recognize that I'm sitting with presence. But this A to B line without the uh, uh, vertical ascent dominates us. It convinces us this is it. So how do we create presence in our ordinary lives when we are so busy ignoring it? How does the smaller I, the little Gordon or the little Bob or the little Carol, connect with the magnificence of the soul, our true nature. At the junction of these two lines, we make a hermitage, a place of retreat and contemplation, a place of prayer and of being, of meditation, in the midst of our ongoing busy lives. We create a special place in our homes where we can sit daily with our two but one natures. The lower and the higher, the animal and the divine. Bless them. So how does this real presence begin to grow and manifest? You will have heard many a time that the body is the temple of the soul. And I really want to emphasize that the soul is not in the body The body's an aspect of the soul. And here is a clue. The body is the link to the practice of presence. If I'm in my body, I'm here, because I'm in a body anyway. I'm not up there, I'm down here. At this very moment, I'm trying to be present in my limbs as I speak to you. I'm trying to plunge down into my being, so that at least whatever I say... I'm here. The vertical ascent goes both expansively downwards into the deepest depths of our 
earthly origins and rejoices in all that is of earth and physical, including the joy of sensation. And at the same time, the vertical line ascends into the heights of endless presence, loftiness, I love that word, loftiness, moment by moment, in the only time, the moment now, now, now. It's like love untainted by anything but just our outpouring of itself in endless bounty. So daily we set time aside to sit in the weight and volume of our physical body, creating an anchor between our two natures and what seems like two worlds. As I wish to ascend into the heights, first I must plunge into the depths of my earthly body as I feel my feet on the ground, my limbs, my belly, my torso, my shoulders, neck, and head. As I plunge into the anchor of my body, I feel filled with physical sensation, aliveness, that helps still the noise and busyness of my mind, my A to B existence in the ordinary life. It's what I call my shopping list. Have you ever, ever been praying and you're suddenly shopping and ticking off boxes and thinking, I put the cat in the fridge and I forget to, forgot to let the dog out and the milk's on the porch and, you know, stupid, silly things that you do. And you think about that the whole time when you could just look at your list afterwards and do it. But it preoccupies your precious time. I spend a lot of my life on my shopping list. don't like shopping, but there I am. My little life filled up with things I must do. As I sit still, despite voices that try to convince me that I'm far too busy to be doing this, all this being mark, I slowly become aware of a new, unfolding, interior spaciousness, despite any resistance I may have. Here I connect with the inner observer, we have this ability to see what we're doing apart from the doing. And no other animal on this planet can do it. Only human beings can see that I'm standing here and speaking to you. And I'm not what I'm doing. A part of us, the inner observer, is part of us that is forever present. It's forever with us. If only we, on the A to B line, were present to it. That's the problem. It's a place that is never reactive or defensive, always concerned with things as they actually are, whatever they are. It never judges you or anybody else, and it's always compassionate. But it's also impartial in a wonderful way. And as long as my body is present in the equation and filled with earthly sensation. I can begin to have glimpses of true presence, of being, and my true nature, whatever that may be. So as I practice being present, I create presence, which I can take out with me each day. So these are my words to you. You can forget the rest of what I've said. 
This is the word, and I'm going to say it three times. And Heather knows what word it is. Plunge, plunge, plunge into the depths of your body daily in the practice of presence, and you will be lifted up into the heights of your being and beyond. Amen. Thank you, Gordon. If you'll move to repeat, plunge, plunge, plunge into the depths of your presence, and then you'll be lifted into the glory of your being. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Let's plunge into prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful day that we have today. Thank you for the sun, the beautiful snow. We do pray for everybody on the mountains at the moment, particularly praying for those in ski patrol and those working the lifts, those working all over the valley. Pray for those playing on the mountain as well, skiing for safety, their travel. Pray for those on the roads as well. We just thank you for this glorious opportunity that we have to participate and ask you to bless us as we do so. We pray for our world, striven with difficulty, anger and grief, war, countries pitted against each other. We pray for our leaders that they will model the example of compassion and love. I pray for individuals all around the world that they may model examples of compassion and love and that we may be a part of that. We especially think of all those who are in difficulty, migrants, refugees, people in war zones, think of people in prisons, in hospitals, in dire conditions at this very moment. We send your loving presence to them. And we pray for those who are ill in hospital. We also think of precious people in our community. Pray for Patricia Nichols. Also Patricia Hill, who I I saw this week and just sensed an awakening within her for Will Welsh, for Barbara Orcutt, for Tegan Sullivan, Mary Brewster, Soleil, Libougay, Betty Van Der Veer, for Gary Daniel, for Sandy St. John, for Thomas Keating and Father Joseph Boyle at the monastery, for Patricia Oberton, for Bill Archer, Alice Davis's niece, Lindsay, We continue to pray for the family of Elise Strickland, the family of Royal Franklin, and the family of Joe Coffey. Lord, we ask you to bless all those people, and people who we remember in our hearts now, who others may not know, but we wish them well. 
We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.